Interesting this morning, sort of a bit of a theme flowing through a lot of stuff um, about hardship, I guess, in a way. You know, that life sometimes isn't easy. Um, I don't know if you've found that. Life's not always easy. Sometimes a little hard. Um, and, and the passage that had been resting on my mind this week, um, which we'll look at shortly, is in Matthew, which is about you know, the yoke of Christ being easy, his burden light. Um, and so often we walk through life with hardship, you know, like hard. And I, and I thought about being yoked to something and I remembered, you know, back when we were kids, uh, I don't know if anyone else ever did this, but you tie a rope to yourself and then you tie a rope to your sister or brother or whatever it is and um, you just run really fast and try and make them fall over. I don't know. Has anyone ever done that or am I just a weirdo? I'm just a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking how fun it was to throw my sister over onto the ground, which probably isn't the best thought to have at the time. But the thought behind it was this, that there was this sort of pull on my sister's life, or mine when I was at the back, but helps being a bit faster. If you're going to do it, do it with someone who's a bit slower than you, so that they, yeah, that's the way you do it. Um, but there's this pulling along in a direction that, that the other person was going that brought you to where they were and when I read the passage in Matthew I was really thinking so much about how you know when we actually get yoked to Jesus Christ it's meant to be easy the burden's meant to be light and yet so many Christians find themselves in this place of of heaviness and I want to just talk about some of those places today where the heaviness rests and and sort of seems to linger in our life because I don't think we've actually done the second part of what Jesus talks about in the passage you know we've, we've sort of come to this point of salvation giving up our life for Jesus giving up our sin and the burden of that but not understanding that actually rest doesn't come from doing nothing and this is what Jesus is trying to say. You know, you can make, make up this, this sort of thing in your mind. Now I've come to Jesus, I just do nothing. I, I just sit there and let Jesus do everything. And, you know, that is actually sort of true. Um, but at the same time, true rest for a Christian doesn't come and just do nothing. Uh, now I'm a Christian uh, and now my life's peaceful. I don't have sin anymore in my life. Well, at least that, the burden of sin is gone from my life. Um, and maybe even the burden of the law, of having to do the right things, gone from my life. But, you know, there's this sort of point where a lot of Christians come to that they're still very, very frustrated as Christians. And, you know, just through a few things that have happened um, through the week, it, it sometimes seems that people as Christians are often looking for more. I need this more. I need something more. I need to grab hold of something more. Give me, um, you know, this big grand plan for my life, this big vision for my life that, that needs to be fulfilled. And I'm looking for it everywhere because there's no contentment in the heart to just rest in what Christ has done. Um, you know, what is it that Jesus is actually just asking you to do is not to find some grand plan, not to become the ruler of the universe not to become, you know, the most famous preacher, not to become the most significant Christian on the planet that brings change to the world. We will change the world as we change. And, and I often think about Jesus and, you know, like when people uh, think about him and 
And I'm like, I was actually thinking, well, what was Jesus' vision, his compelling vision for the world around him? You know, that people could lock into because that's what often people are looking for, right? I need something big to lock into and then I'll be satisfied. The, the truth is that that's not true. In fact, the last prayers of Jesus were simply this, God, can you make them one? Can you make them one as me and you are one? Can you bind their hearts together in love in such a way that they are that they are just this amazing community that, you know, when people look upon them, they see love and they're like, I know you're Christians because you're love. Not, I know you're Christians because you have these grand plans for life. And Jesus' vision was very simple, that we should be yoked with him in what he was, how he lived and how he loved other people. Have you ever sat in church or thought about your Christianity and thought, you know, I'm just not enough, I'm not not doing enough, I haven't got these big enough plans for Jesus and, you know, I need to achieve more. Do you know what that's called? That's called a burden. It's a burden on your life where you're feeling so unsatisfied, so unfulfilled because you think you've got to do something more. Now, I understand God places these things in our hearts, right? As I said, as we're looking at this passage, there's a yoke that's easy, but it's a yoke. There is a burden, but it's light. We're doing something for Jesus, but it's not as though if we're not amazing in the world's eyes, if we haven't reached this pinnacle somehow of success as a Christian that we've failed in our Christian walk. How many of you feel that sometimes? You know, this scramble that so many Christians have, I've got to find God's plan for my life. I've got to seek the vision, I've got to seek you know, what he wants me to do. I've got to grab hold of something. I'm, I'm seeking, 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 seeking. And year after year, you know, you, you're just living this discontent life because you're looking for what do you want me to do, God? What's your plan for my life, Jesus? I've got to find this plan. I've got to seek this plan. And what we've done is neglect this one truth that we were never to seek that. We were to seek him. We were to seek God. We were to find out who God is. That, that was it. it. And as we start this passage, we'll see it anyway. Part of being a Christian is learning, right? Growing, learning. And so if we look at a verse in Proverbs quickly. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. That's actually a good verse. I like that. Because we think intelligent people just know a lot of stuff. But, but the heart of a Christian should be this. Intelligent Christians are going, I'm going to learn. I want to learn more about you, Jesus, about what, who you are, what you are asking for me to do. Ready to learn and ears open for knowledge. But what sort of knowledge is it? We know that the Bible says, you know, in much learning, you know, it can be much misery. Um, you know, burning the candle at both ends never got you anywhere. And the thirst for knowledge doesn't satisfy. Ecclesiastes talks about that. But knowledge is very important. When it doesn't become your God, it becomes part of finding out who God is, about growing in your faith, about growing in your skills as a Christian. But also I think there's this other side of that, is that that childlike heart, and, and if you want to have a look later inside that room there with the mirror-type window, um, there's been a mural for quite a while with Jesus dancing around with his kids. And... Um, I'm not sure if it exactly looks like him because I don't know, but anyway, it's Jesus there. Dance around with the kids and there's just a little passage on there 
um, that talks about the childlike heart. And what you will notice about children is that they learn, don't they? Your kids learn all the time. Might not be deep, might not be truly incredible stuff, but the kids' ears are open. So obviously we've got our grandson here today and, and what do we notice about him? We'll say a word and he tries to repeat that word. He grows in that knowledge. He watches how we turn on a tap and he's trying to turn on a tap. But he learns, he grows, he looks, he, he, he has this childlike heart that is very simply saying, I want to grow, I want to be that without it being an effort. It's just there. And I love that picture in there, I love that, that sort of passage and it's just talking about, you know, with Jesus and the kids, it's like, you guys, adults, how about you just keep your childlike heart? Just keep it. <laughs> Look at the kids, be like them. The childlike heart that fully trusts in God. As simple as that. Fully trusts in God. And I think that sometimes because we are so eager to, to, to be, be fulfilling these purposes sometimes, we forget that, that the Christian life is not actually very complicated. I'm sorry for those who want to complicate it and maybe you disagree with me and you might throw a few books my way about how complicated it is but if I look at it, it's very, very simple. God loved the world, he sent his son so we could be free. But Why? Because at the beginning, the relationship between man and God was broken. And when that was broken, the relationship between man and man, mankind, we understand, was broken. And Christianity is about this, a saviour dying for us, getting rid of the sin problem by forgiving us of our sin, putting inside of us a new heart that is created after his heart, a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. He's come that we might have forgiveness of sin, remission of sin, and, and what else? That the ministry of reconciliation could be ours. What does that mean? Firstly, I'm reconciled to God. Though I was separated by my sin, by my attitude towards him, Jesus Christ died on the cross, forgave my sin, took the punishment for me, became the substitute, and so he died instead of me. The whole point, why? So I can actually have a relationship with my Father, my Father in heaven. And not only that, it says that he didn't just reconcile us with the Father, but he reconciled us to one another. So, so what happened is that when sin gets out of the way, you have amazing relationships. I talked a little bit about that last week. You know, entering through the narrow gate into Christianity, it's like all these things that we have that we hold so dear fall off. My quest for fame falls off. My quest for significance falls off because I am in him. My, my, my anger falls off. My jealousy falls off. My fear runs away because I'm not afraid of judgment anymore. And as soon as those things are gone out of your life, how does that make you relate to other people? Now, if I'm not jealous of anyone, will I ever get bitter towards them? I hope not. If I'm not an angry person that just has to, you know, tell people what they should do, that I have to teach everybody a lesson, in other words, I'm not a learner, I'm a teacher, I teach you a lesson, if we have to get rid of that, what does that make your relationships? 
If I let go of my desire to hold that grudge and not forgive, but actually forgive someone who's wronged me, what does that do to that relationship? You see, the very things that Jesus wants to put on us as a yoke or as a burden or as a labour that we're to do have everything to do with freeing us from the captivity of sin and moving us to better relationships. So that's it. And that's compelling enough for me that if I can live out this life, if I can learn to love God and love people, that's compelling. How I do it, how God asked me to do it, that's okay as well. But the problem is if you're seeking all the time, God, what do you want me to do? Often you will forget that you just need to seek him. If you seek him, you'll find him. It's, it's that relationship, right? I often think about it like, you know, with, um, with Jesus and God walking with them and hearing from the Spirit or whatever it might be. It's very simple. It's like this. If I'm off chasing something else, I'm not going to hear God when he speaks. But if I'm walking alongside him, with him, it gives him the opportunity to say, hey, Neil, why don't you go and do this? The voice is very clear. In fact, Jesus said it himself, the sheep know my voice. It's like, it's very clear. If you're walking with me, you will know my voice. The sheep know my voice. They hear it. And this is where our posture must be, that, that our heart is not to hear the voice of all those around us, but to hear the voice of Jesus Christ. What are you speaking into my life? So let's have a look at our passage today in Matthew What do I do with my glasses? I'll have to read off the big screen. <laughs> oh, there they are. Thank you. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do that. Do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. What a beautiful passage, no doubt you've heard it before. Um, If you've been a Christian for a while, you you would have definitely heard it. If you're new to Christ, that's a good verse for you to think about. But we see here this sort of two rests that are are spoken about. The first rest is this, from your burdens. And, And the first step, come to me. This is something that is just gifted us, but but we have to always realize that it's always about coming to to him. And this is what I was just saying before, that that it's not about seeking something other than him. It's actually come to Jesus. Make a decision in your heart that I need to come to Jesus. Uh, Interesting, when Alison was doing communion today, exactly those same words, come to me, you won't thirst again. Come to me, you won't hunger again. 
And that's obviously about spiritual things. But this is the first rest that we get, is the rest from our sin when we are unbelievers. And Jesus is saying, if you're carrying sin, if upon you is this yoke of sin, of bur the burden that is hard to bear, come to me and you're going to find rest. It's the first rest that we have. It's this rest from the guilt. It's a rest from the shame. It's a rest from the self-judgment. It's a rest from what others think about us because we come into him and now no longer is it I that lives but Christ that lives in me. But that rest is very, very quick and it's very short in terms of I can stay there but that rest is something that is just given to me. It's a present. It's something that, that comes from without of me. It's nothing to do with me and Jesus said, come to me and I will what? Give you rest. Bang. So then why did Jesus go on? He's already said, this is what you do. Come to me and you'll get rest. Because he's saying, Christian, the true rest doesn't come from just being saved. It comes from when you start to put on the yoke of Christ. What does that mean? It means that we aren't walking our own way anymore and we've decided that we are going to work with him. There is still something to carry. There is still something to do. And in fact... In all honesty, God is asking us to be those who learn to serve with him and for him on this earth. There are Christians who will have no rest because they've never actually given themselves over to the kingdom of God to say, you know what, God, where can I be used? Now, I understand I just said don't go around just seeking his will all the time, but as you are yoked with Christ, again, where are you? You're very close. So if you think about a yoke when it comes to the plough, it's like it's over one ox and on the other ox, and you're walking with, and there's a rest in that. Because the one who's experienced moves along and teaches the younger one, the inexperienced one, what to do. Jesus never asked us to do nothing as a Christian. That's called laziness. But he's asked us to take up his yoke, put it on you. Why? Because the way that Christ teaches you to be is this, to be exactly like him. Let me teach you because I'm humble, I'm gentle. Or another version says lowly of heart. In other words, what Christ has shown us is the way that we should live this gentle life this humble life, where he gave up everything for us and he's saying, guys, you need to follow my example. But I'm going to teach you. Why? Because I'm not going to hold this to myself. I'm going to teach you to how to walk in the same way, that you can also be gentle, that you can also be meek, that you can be lowly in heart, that your heart is not puffed up anymore, but your heart now is working towards the things of the kingdom. And a lot of Christians find they're not restful because they're not actually doing anything for him. So they've come to this first rest. Sin's no longer a problem. But when we read on in that, that passage there, it says, Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm hum humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. That it's in this process of actually learning who Christ is and walking with him that our soul actually finds rest. We can be free from sin, 
but we not, might not be living the life of Christ because we don't take up his yoke, that we, we've decided that's it, my sin's over and now I'm just not living for him really, I'm just there. But every Christian should be working for him. I was reading something that Spurgeon wrote about this and he said, you know what, no pastor should be asking anybody to do anything. He said, hearts should be already ready and asking, what can I do? Within a church, that's one way to serve God, but obviously there's many, many other ways out there. I know people here that, that serve in hospitals as volunteers, that serve in old people's homes as volunteers, that get out there and do stuff in the, in the world in general, that read at the primary school when that's allowed, that love to, love to live like Jesus, that love to serve the community around them, that love to give into things and not suck out of it. His yoke, it's easy to bear. And the reason is that he travels with us in every situation. I'd just like Shannon to just come up for one second right now and why this is happening is that when we were in prayer before the church, which if you can come to, come to, nine o'clock and pray. She's just telling me about a verse and, and how it was speaking to her with God with her. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, so uh, last night I just felt like I needed to do some study because I didn't have a great week. And uh, one particular scripture, 2 Corinthians 1.9, just jumped out at me. And it talks about when I'm weak, God's my strength. And I really felt like I need to grab hold of that because when I'm not at my best, I'm not available for the people around me. And that's not a good thing. And that really hit me. So Neil just really wanted me to, show, to share that this morning. That, and it actually says, I will boast of my weakness so that you can be my strength. That's the sort of heart that I want. And that's what we prayed this morning. Would you would be, people who need it today would receive that. What a great scripture that in my weakness, he's my strength. So I receive that. We receive that one. Amen. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Oh. You can put it back. Yeah. This is the other thing about the yoke of Christ. Why is it light? Because <laughs> you're not carrying it alone. Wow. That's pretty good, eh? I don't know if any of you have ever tried to move house. I've done it recently. <laughs> it is the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. But do you know how much better it is when you've got someone helping you lift something? It's amazing, isn't it? You know, you try and lift something yourself, but then you get someone else that's like, hey, this isn't actually that heavy at all. And this is the beauty of this yoke of Jesus Christ. When he comes beside you and you actually go, wait a minute, I'm not going to do this myself. What he's saying is that the yoke, the burden that you normally carry yourself where you have to, get it done, where you have to be the one to do everything, where I have to solve all my problems, where I have to be the strong one in every situation, is absolutely destroyed and thrown out. Because you're walking with someone who holds the hand in his universe. In fact, at the beginning, when God spoke, he just said, let it be, and it was. Holy Spirit hovering on the waters of the world, dark, desolate, no light, water covering the whole earth. 
And at the sound of his voice, let there be light, and there was. There wasn't even sun then, just light as God spoke it into existence. The same God who flung the stars out into the universe, the same God who breathed life into a lump of clay and made a human being with a soul, a spirit and a mind. The same God who parted the Red Seas to let the, let the Israelites through and close them over the enemy. The same God who raised Lazarus from the dead. The same God who raised Jesus from the dead. That same God is walking with you. Now we've got to be sort of a bit happy about that, don't we? I think I'm pretty happy. <laughs> Come on. This is the God who's just incredibly strong, incredibly powerful. The God who said, if I am for you, who can be against you? Hey, you ever thought about that? But this is the yoke that Jesus places on us, the burden. He's like, yep, things might be tough, but what are we going to do? We're going to boast about our weakness. You know what? I am not enough. I love it when people say to me, you know, when you, you tell them about your Christianity and stuff like that, and they say, yeah, yeah, Christians are weak, they need a crutch. Man, I don't need no crutch. Jesus can carry me the whole way. I don't care. I'm not going to limp through this life because Jesus is with me and he's far stronger than your crutch of alcohol, than your crutch of whatever it might be that you're leaning on right now, your crutch of fame or, or money or whatever your crutch is to get through life. I don't actually need a crutch. I have the Saviour who carries me on the wings of love. Hallelujah. He's pretty awesome. So I want to just let you know this today, Christians. If your life feels so heavy, so hard, so burdened, so tiresome, then there's something happening with that yoke that you have either not given everything to Jesus or you've not allowed his power to work in your life. And perhaps that's because you've decided that you can do it. I don't need help. I need to be strong. I need to be the one that does this. I don't know. But I just want to let you know that the life in Christ is not meant to be that way. Is it hard sometimes? hundred percent. I ought to be pretty honest. Jesus said, I suffered persecution. Don't think that you, my servants, aren't going to suffer it too. Yep. <laughs> but he said, you know what? Even though everything's coming against you, everything's happening, he says, but I will deliver you from all of it. Where are we going back to? And, and Jesus said it even in that passage I just read out then. That God chose to reveal these things to the childlike of heart. The ones that fully trust in him. And that is where the rest comes. Another part of scripture talks about it too, you know, that where to enter into the rest. In fact, it says labor hard to enter into the rest. Have you ever wondered about that? How can you work hard to rest? Well, I set up my irrigation system at pretty much every house I've been at. You know, it was really hard digging through that dirt. It was hard getting those rocks out the way. It was hard bending down and standing up and working in the hot sun to get that irrigation in and 
close over the trenches and plant the seed, put down the topsoil, whatever it might be. But you know what was the rest? I mean, it was all finished. I pressed the button, turn it on, and I didn't have to do nothing. <laughs> and for us, you know, there's this labour that we do. One of it is to get into the Word of God, 100%. You might find it hard sometimes. Let me tell you something. As you get into that Word, it is going to bring change to your life as you obey what it says. The yoke of what seems so heavy, Jesus' burden, but it's actually light. When you take hold of the Word and put it into practice, don't be a lazy, slack Christian. Basically, work hard. But what, what at doing? Not your own self-righteousness or doing things your own way. Work hard at learning to trust Him. Connecting Him with His purpose for your life, which is to have a relationship with Him, to have a relationship with people, to love God, to love people. You know, and as much as we like to, to have other things, do you know what I've found over life as I've gone along? The grandest thing, the most fulfilling and wonderful thing and the most attractive thing to other people that will show them that they need Jesus Christ is not my performance. It's not my great idea. It's not my especially tricky way of evangelising. The best way is that they can see the love of God in me and it's the most fulfilling to me as well. That the love of God is just flowing through my life. And you know what comes of that? Satisfaction. I'm just satisfied in life and I'm looking for that big thing. Because the big thing is God alive in me. Now, it may be this morning that you have never, ever experienced the rest from God because you've always been away from Him. You've never made a decision that I am going to be a Christian. If that's you this morning, I'd like to just pray and just give the opportunity to ask Him into your life. Here's the truth. Jesus died for your sins so you can have rest. This is your first step into the life of Jesus Christ. This morning, if that's you, I'm going to give the opportunity to pray with me and just ask for forgiveness and ask for restoration and to be part of his family. Let's pray now. Father God, I'm sorry for my sin. I have not loved you as I should have and I've walked away from you. But this morning, I just want to accept the forgiveness that's in Jesus Christ. Come into my life today. From this day on, I just want to live for you if you've prayed that prayer you make sure you speak to your family member that's invited you speak to your friend that's invited you and if no one invited you and just came I'd love to talk to you afterwards I'll just be up the front and after the singing's finished come up and say day and let me know that you made a decision to follow Jesus in the meantime let's stand let's worship God let's deeply hunger after him let's learn to hear his voice because we're